This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It comes from Mississippi and down in Alabama, creeping like a fever all across the land. From deep in the delta on the Louisiana shore, the people got to have Good morning, Carol. This is Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. And good morning, Marty Stewart. Good morning, Mal, and good morning, Marty. I actually had the honor of hearing Marty play Saturday night. At the two museums. Indeed, I did, except it was Friday night. Mar- Marty okay. puts on such a great show. You can't remember I one day confused. from the other. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, it was a very busy weekend with Mother's Day, the Ridgeland Fine Arts Wine and Wheels Festival, the Gum Tree in Tupelo, the Makers Fest at the two museums, the Marty Stewart event, the Willie Nelson concert that got canceled, though his son played the night before at Howlin' Mouths. There's just been so much going on, Carol. It's hard to keep it straight. You know, Mal, I think there's a lot of pent-up demand. After two years of COVID, people are ready to get out and, you know, kind of go crazy a little bit. Absolutely. So I mentioned the Mississippi Makers Fest. It was the first annual, which actually is is not possible. You have to have one before it can become annual. So you can only have a second annual, but you can have a first. So this was the first Mississippi Makers Fest down on the grounds of the two museums. Uh, I was there, uh, as well as Java Chapman. DJ Java was there uh, working uh, on the stage. I was out in the audience. Uh, Java was out there working. I made DJ Java made an appearance uh, backing up uh, Fifth Child. Uh, we went on stage that afternoon and uh, had a good time, and uh, it was good seeing all the people downtown Jackson, right? You know, in front of the two museums, uh, Mississippi uh, uh, MPB. Uh, education department was out there. They had a nice little kid zone, and um, it was a great time. I'm, I'm glad, you know, in light of what happened just the week before at the Mudbud Festival, yeah. um, you know, people still came out uh, to downtown Jackson and, and had a good time. Saw a lot of good friends and, and creatives and just, you know, it was it was a thing. It was happening. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I've always wondered, Java, how do you transform into DJ Java? I mean, what is that process? It's a cape. Uh, <laughs> he puts on his cape and off he goes. I mean, is there a mental thing that goes on when you change from Java to DJ Java? Oh wow! Um, I don't know. It's just um, I pretend I have confidence. Oh. There we go. <laughs> You've got plenty okay, of that. Okay, that, that kind of hits me because I've seen you do it before and you walk walk up to the stage with purpose. That, that's it. I, I understand my, I guess, mission at the moment, and I try to accomplish it as best I can. Then after that, I scurry back and be, be Java. <laughs> okay, what about the clothes? Oh, the, well, that's the, that's the good thing about being a DJ. The clothes are really kind of eh, secondary. I could just pull up in anything. <laughs> You keep it casual. Very cash. Very casual. <laughs> but I don't think a DJ would wear a little a button down knit shirt like you have have on today. Well, this is kind of 
I mean, depending on it's the situation. It's kind of preppy. You're a little preppy. Well, yeah. I, I, I get it, Carol. I, I have a black want, T-shirt in the back. Good. I want, <laughs> I want my DJs to, to have some, you know, floral or big print shirts or, or black. And okay. baggy pants. There we go. You know. Anyway. Did About you, food. Uh, yeah. Hey, Java, did you get a chance to eat in, uh, from any of the food trucks that now, were out at the Makers Fest? That was my only, my only Liz Gill, who's our phone greeter today. She, is, she, she was out there. And uh, she maybe got a chance to eat. I did see a lot of people um, with the Italian ice because mm-hmm. it was it was hot out there. It was warm. But Liz, what what did you get into? Well, we had the Italian ice, or the husband did, and I had some of his. But there is a bento food box, bento box food truck, and it was so good, it was humongous. So we asked for an extra tray and split it. But it had, we got the works, and so it had uh, grilled chicken and lots of vegetables and rice, and it was fantastic. Do you know who the uh, purveyor was? Because a bin, bento box is Japanese. Yes. I, I don't know. Okay. And, I did and see it really wasn't a bento box. It was just the, it was like was, a southern ab- adaptation right. of a bento box. It was in a cute little box, but it didn't have all the little compartments with uh-huh. different things. It was just the stir fry with uh, uh, rice in it, but it was so very good. I can, cool. uh, let's see, two for seven kitchen, Fratelli Italian Ice, Hawaiian Veal Ice was out there, Liz and Nomi's Gourmet Eats, Ohashi, and I know they are in the Cultivation Food Hall, uh, Red Zone Express, Smackin' Jacks, and they had a line because there was a lot of meat going on, Smoking Seven, and uh, Yard, Yard Bird Bento. There we go. Yard Bird Bento. We got, we got to look that up. Yeah, and I was uh, there during the daylight hours. I, I wasn't there for the North Mississippi All-Stars, but I did run into uh, John T. Edge, the host of True South on ESPN. And John T. was telling me that he's got a Jackson version of the show coming up, I believe he said in October. And that uh, I, he didn't give me any details, but he did say that it would feature Bobby Rush uh, and the Jackson State uh, sonic boom so that's oh, exciting that sounds awesome anytime the i love is in the in the mix right it's it's it's, it's awesome so john t has also agreed carol to come on the show and promote the show i think once it's scheduled and and he he'll come on and tell us all about uh that particular episode of true south seen on espn john t edge uh, formerly of the uh, southern food Lo- foodways alliance and carol you know a lot about all of that Oh, I do indeed. But uh, yeah, John T. brings literally so much to the table. He is a prolific author and really the authority, the spokesperson for uh, Southern cuisine, Southern cooking all over the United States and all over the world. So I think it's so right to have a Mississippi-based organization like Southern Foodways because we are the epicenter. As Bruce Southern Browning cooking. would say, it is so right, it can't be so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on Cooking and Coping this week, I saw that our friend Julian Brunt from Biloxi posted uh, a photo of grilled hot dogs and asked our uh, friends and our fellowship there on Cooking and Coping, what is your favorite way uh, to dress your hot dog? And I responded with mustard pickle relish, and chopped green onions. I'm sorry, chopped purple onions. Carol, what about you? Well, I like my dog mustard and relish. 
Just mustard relish. Mustard and relish. Mm -hmm. What were some others? Java. I'm a mustard guy. Just mustard. Strictly mustard. Mm -hmm. Unless it's a chili dog and then we add a little cheese. Of course. Maybe a little onion. But other than that, mustard. Yeah, he must have had a dozen responsive people who had their particular, you know, some people like ketchup, some like mayonnaise, some like salsa, which I like to put salsa on mine. Uh, my ketchup wife, should have my, an age restriction. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for, just for the kids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, I used to put ketchup on mine, but I don't anymore. I've grown up. You elevated. <laughs> <laughs> well, Malcolm, many years ago, I learned from you and Bruce Browning. You know, what kind of hot dogs to eat. I think y'all mm. chided me for eating the wrong kind of hot dogs. And at the time, y'all were on a Hebrew National, Hebrew National. and Nathan's. Nathan's, and Nathan's yeah. kicking. Now those are available. All sorts of hot dogs are available now. There's all of these really fabulous dogs, uh, whether you go to Fresh Market or you go to. Uh, what's that other fancy? Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Uh, where we shop. But anyway, yeah, there's a lot of dogs out there. I prefer uh, the, the Nathans and the Hebrew Nationals, but there's uh, lots of all beef hot dogs. Yeah, I'd like to hear from some listeners what their hot dog situation is. Sure. What their condiments are. That's right. And Carol and I have never met a condiment. Condiment that we don't like. We don't like. Now, in my backyard, the blueberries uh, are starting to uh, make, as well as the blackberries. I think I'm, like, maybe days away from picking all of my blackberries. I'm so excited. They grow up in a cane break, and I've trimmed the cane break so that the the berries are exposed, and I've made it easy for myself and the grandchildren to pick the blackberries. We're just waiting for them to get that, that perfect sweetness and man can you do a lot with blackberries and blueberries carol so what you gonna do first i'm thinking pies cobblers maybe some jelly uh cereal nice topping for cereal so Uh, you must have quite a few yeah yeah i've got five blueberry bushes and then i've got this just corner piece of blackberries which are all organic and natural growing up in the cane which i have trimmed back so that the the berries well, are front I, and center. I just want to to say, Malcolm, I think this is great because yours is an urban garden. Urban, right. We're not talking about out on the farm. We are talking about Good old downtown backyard, Jackson downtown backyard. Jackson, uh-huh. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Way to, way to go. So uh, one of our listeners and our <clears throat> friends, Amanda Ellison Anglin, had written in last week and said that she was making – Mayhall jelly and had gotten all of her jelly made and she was wondering if we had ever heard of people making barbecue sauce out of Mayhall. Uh, and so I said, well, I haven't, but why don't you make it and report out? So she sent this. She said, I experimented in the kitchen with leftover Mayhall juice from jelly making. It was really tasty homemade Mayhall barbecue sauce. In a small pot, I melted a half a stick of butter over medium heat, added in a scant one-third cup of honey, and two tablespoons of Dijon mustard. To this mixture, I stirred in one-half cup of brown sugar and added a few dashes of Worcestershire sauce. Mixed all with a whisk until smooth. Turned the heat down to simmer and added one cup of Mayhall juice. Now, keeping that on a low simmer... 
for about an hour. I stirred it every two or three minutes so it doesn't burn, and then I thickened it. And when it became rich, reddish brown, it was cooled and put in a jar and ready to use. My youngest son grilled leg quarters to perfection on uh, on the grill, and the gilded gilded of the lily with the Mayhall sauce made a fantastic Mother's Day dinner. Happy Monday, folks. From Amanda Ellison. England. Yes. Uh, That sounds great, but why not? Yeah, there are all these fancy barbecue sauces and grilling sauces now, like, you know, chipotle raspberry and pineapple habanero. So why not? That really fits in our our talk about Mississippi barbecue culture. Yeah, yeah. and we're going when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit about continuing to have an ongoing conversation about Mississippi barbecue. Uh, I think Java has done some research uh, for us on the the Mississippi Barbecue Trail that we're going to share. Is that right? Yes, sir. And we're going to talk uh, more about grilling and the tips that we got last week uh, from the chef. Java, what was the fellow's name that we had on the air last weekend? John. Uh, Are you making me a bad radio Well, no, guy. I mean, I don't know either. But the guy, was he was great. Remember, Carol, he had the yeah. website for the... Uh, for a pork skin, so pork, pork rinds. Yeah, yeah, sorry. We're, we, you know what? We were too busy crunching, hating <laughs> attention. But he gave us a couple of really great tips for grilling and barbecue, and we'll share those with you as well. So don't forget, May is National Barbecue Month, and that's why we continue to harp on barbecue and the Mississippi barbecue styles, plural. And we're going to talk about grilling vegetables and some tips when we come back. You are welcome to join us. In fact, we would love to have you join us at one 672 7464 We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. You're tuned to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett Palmer. And this right here is a show about the culture of Southern flavor, Carol. Yeah, it is. That's what this is. Yes, it is, indeed. And we blotched the gentleman's name who was on the show last week, Chef Don Paul from Southern Recipe. I'm glad we got that straight And Southern Recipe is a line of pork rinds. And he talked about the different pork rinds, and I got my hands on some salt and vinegar pork rinds. I have to stay away from those things. (laughs) Yeah. They come in a green bag, and uh, they were calling me, and they keep calling me, so I'm going to have to stay away. <laughs> so before we dive into grilling and barbecuing and May being National uh, Barbecue Month, a couple things I want to touch on. Carol, you had a comment about the May Hall. May Hall. Yes. Some people look at it and say May Hugh, mm. but we in Mississippi say May Hall. Hall! <laughs> Like Jerry Clower would exactly. say. But um, May Halls are you know, very prolific in Mississippi because they grow in moist soil in mm. river and creek bottoms under hardwood trees. Wow. And guess what we have a lot of? May Halls. We do. We do indeed. Now and we know how to make jelly and we know how to make barbecue sauce. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're bitter and sour. And there's, sometimes there's a little tiny bit of sweetness, but they're not commonly eaten raw like a, a muscadine. Mm-hmm. So when you talked about Amanda's recipe, 
I believe you said, a half a cup of honey. Yes. And uh, they would certainly need that. But uh, you can buy mayhaw right now and mayhaw jellies at, at the farmer farmer's market. Because right. April and May are mayhaw months. Maybe it could be national mayhaw May- months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, since we're doing well. <laughs> well, since we're doing our own Mississippi culture, we're you know trying to make it Mississippi. We could declare that yes, that May is Mississippi May Home Month. Yeah, we know that um, May the thirteenth, Carol, is National Apple Pie Day. These are things that we know. And, yes, and we also know that the tenth of May, which is Ren's, tomorrow, Ren's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Ren! She will be six. Is National Shrimp Day. Gosh, so, well, if there's anything we know how to cook, Mal, it's shrimp, We right? love the shrimps. Before we take callers, and we have several, and don't forget we're going to talk about barbecue, I wanted to mention that Visit Mississippi, our, our statewide tourism agency, has a new uh, has new ads out there. And if you haven't seen them, they're really great. There's, a, there's one about gaming, but there's one all about food, and it features many of our friends uh, from here on the show, and the voiceover is Robert St. John, which is which is great. It features the Big and Apple righteous. Inn. Yes. Yep, yep. Uh, and our our friend, the chef down uh, at Vestige, the young man whose name is not exactly top of mind, but we'll get it for you. He was also featured, uh, and uh, Gino Lee from the Big Apple Inn was featured. So it's really great to see Mississippi promoting. Uh, food as tourism uh, all over. I saw it on a Braves game. Uh, on Chef uh, Alex Perry at Vestage. Gotcha. Yeah, who was just named a semifinalist in the James, James Beard, Beard Award. Yep. But I love it that uh, that Visit Mississippi is going from very high T- you know, white table dining to mm-hmm. pig ears. That's right. With Gino and the Big Apple Inn. I mean, we've Absolutely. got a variety. We do it all. That's right. All right, let's go to the phones now. We got Rob, who is a trucker who is driving through the great state of Mississippi and has taken a moment to call us. Keep your eye on the wheel, there, Rob. Hello, what's going on? <laughs> Thank you very much, and good morning to you. So I, uh, I, uh, when I make hot dogs for my family, I use. The, the biggest hot dog, beef hot dog I can get. And there's two different ways that I do it. I'll obviously put it on the grill, let it get, you know, a couple of bird stripes on it because we don't want it too crisp. We just don't like it that way. Mm-hmm. Then the one way I'll do it is I will use uh, spicy brown mustard with sauerkraut. And right. then an, another way I do it is I have a recipe that I got online for uh, uh, KFC coleslaw. Hmm. And uh, I put the uh, coleslaw on the hot dog. KFC oh, that sounds delicious. Hmm. I like coleslaw on my hot dogs. I didn't mention that earlier. Uh, there's so I could answer the question yeah. of what do you like on your hot dog a million ways. But Rob, you bring up something that that we really didn't touch on, uh, and I, I'm so glad you did. Is sauerkraut oh. because it, yeah, that's wonderful. I see Liz doing a high five over yeah. there. But in some parts of the country, you know, a sauerkraut dog is is it. it. So thank you for you know for bringing that up. Where are you from, Rob? Well, I'm a, I uh, live in Arkansas, mm-hmm. in a town called Velvet Ridge, gotcha. and uh, I'm glad you brought that up, ma'am, because uh, I am German, and uh, we Germans we are always about sauerkraut. 
Uh, indeed, and I, I noticed when you said brown mustard, that was going to be a question, too. Is mm-hmm. that a, a good German mustard? Yes, and that what that does, that takes a little bit of the bitterness away from the sauerkraut, but not too much, and it just makes it just right. Perfect. Rob, we appreciate you listening to our show and particularly taking a moment to call in and share your thoughts about what goes on your hot dog and what the best hot dogs are, and we encourage others to do the same. Continuing on the phones now, we have a caller from Oxford, Mississippi, calling. Janice is on the phone. Welcome, Janice. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. I was just listening to Rob about the sauerkraut, and that's one of the things I was going to mention. Uh, I'm originally from New Jersey, and we put sauerkraut on our hot dogs all the time. Warm sauerkraut, by the way, Mm. with with a little bacon. Bacon. Uh, Oh, yeah. Just saute some chopped up bacon and then mix your sauerkraut in and put it on the hot dog. It's warm. Wow. Wow. My Italian family, my mother, would make a meal out of uh, hot dogs. She'd cut them in thirds and then split them open, um, put them in a frying pan and saute them with uh, bell peppers and onions and Uh, put them in an Italian roll. And it was just mm. delicious. You're killing me here, Janice. Uh, that that sounds magnificent. Yesterday, in fact, I had hot dogs for lunch, and I did the same thing. I split them open, I grilled them in a pan, got them good and crunchy on both sides, and then put them over a piece of bread and covered them, actually, with a variety of things. Uh, I think I put some kale on there, and I put some uh, marinated onions on top of there. It was just insane. It was great. I loved every bite of it. I'm glad the dog is getting its due today. Yeah, this is dog day. Well, thank you so much for listening, Janice, and for taking the time to give us a call and report out on your favorite way to fix a hot dog. Uh, we are going to talk about barbecuing and grilling at some point, but the phones are blowing up, so we're going to go there first. We're going all the way to Carthage, Mississippi, and talk to our friend David. Hello, David. How are you all this morning? We're good. I, I just nobody's commented on it yet. Really, way to hot dog is cut a green stick and cook it over an open fire. There you go. Uh, you know, it's about half burnt, but you think it was a piece of heaven. Uh, <laughs> sometimes without that. anything but just a hot dog, no bun, no condiment, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you man. know, I'm glad you brought that up because how many dogs have we done through the years over an open fire? It's, it's crazy. It's, just, it's great. It's, I it's, burned yeah. in my burn pit yesterday, burned off a bunch of sticks and, and stuff that was in my backyard. And the first thing I thought of when when the fire caught on and the flames and the smoke began to rise, I thought, I need to have a hot dog out there on this thing. And I'd eat them <laughs> all the night before. And then you could have a s'more afterwards. Get, that, get those marshmallows out. Now, what do you put on the hot dog, David? What well, condiments do you a lot use? Of time, a lot of times with just the kids, like, I, they may not put anything. They may not even eat a bun. They may just put ketchup and mustard on it and eat it off the end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real fake. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I will give kudos to the... To the folks talking about just mustard and, and onions and relish. That's really good, too. Yeah, well... When the adults are eating them. <laughs> goes good with a beer, perhaps. Yeah. Absolutely. And a baseball game. 
Yep. I mean, how can you go to a baseball game and not eat a hot dog, no, Carol? No, it's, it's impossible. I mean, come on. It's impossible. It's oh, American. Yeah, really, though, but what you have to do before you go is find out where the, the folks that are selling them are buying the hot dogs, and you may not want one. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be careful about all that. All yeah. right. David, thanks so much for tuning Thank in you. to Deep South Dining. Man, we appreciate it, and we certainly appreciate the call and you sharing uh, about the grilling it on a green stick over an open fire. That's about as good as it gets. Well, we're going to continue on the phones. We're going to South America now, Carol. We're going all the way to Peru. This is our first call from Peru. Good morning, hey, Robbie. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to pass on a tip. Years ago, I moved here from Memphis, and I was doing a big cookout for the 4th of July, and a friend was over, and he worked at a Chinese restaurant. And the chef taught him how to make the Chinese barbecue sauce. And what they used as a thickening agent was creamy peanut butter. Mm. Now that's, that's good. Now we're talking. It adds, no flavor, it adds no flavor to the sauce, but yet it makes it to where it sticks to the meat. That is good. That is good. So so tell us where you are in Peru. I'm in Cusco. And it's a long way from Memphis to Peru to Cusco, right, Malcolm? Oh, I've never made the yeah. journey, but I can only imagine that it is a great distance. It's about, it's about a 24-hour trip. Wow. What are some of the yeah. food specialties that you get to enjoy over there, Robbie? Uh, alpaca, llama. Uh, and they have vegetables here that you've never seen before, and fruit. Wow. It's, it's, and the abundance of fruit and vegetables is just outstanding. It sends some fruit. things to grill. Uh, well, the thing is, I asked a friend why the meat here was so tough, and he said, think about it. Everything <laughs> is free-range, and these animals are climbing mountains. Yeah. So there's no... There's no fat in the meat. But a friend of mine posted, this is something else I wanted to pass along. If you have a tough piece of meat, you coat it in baking soda and let it sit for about a half an hour, wash it off, pat it dry, and then cook it. And it is amazing how it tenderizes the meat. Wow. Now, is this a Peruvian friend or a U.S. friend? No, no, no. No, a friend of mine lives in New Orleans because that's where I was born. I could hear that accent. <laughs> she just happened to post on Facebook one day, and I saved it. And then when I bought some pork chops, which you have to gnaw at almost, <laughs> eight offs meat tenderizer won't even touch it. Can't get through it. Won't even touch it. Yeah. The flavor is good. It's just it's so tough because there's no marbling or fat anywhere in the meat. Those are some hardworking pigs right there. They certainly are. They certainly are. Well, we are so happy that you're listening to us in South America. And if you haven't, I hope you will join the Facebook group, Cooking and Coping, because it sounds like you have a lot to offer and uh, people would love hearing about what's going on in Peru. I've been meaning to do that, and I listen to MPB every day, seven days a week. Well, bless you, and we appreciate it, and we are so happy to hear from you, and thanks for not only listening, but for giving us a call. We also have more callers. Thanks so much, Robbie, from Peru. We got Tim calling us from Gulfport, Mississippi, down on the Golden Gulf. What's going on, Tim? 
Oh, not much of anything. Uh, you're talking about hot dogs here. I, uh, when I was growing up, uh, the only way hot dogs were served in my family were in baked beans. Or what? In baked beans. Oh, oh beanie weenie. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But the way I eat them, uh, I'm basically a carnivore, so I don't put anything on my hot dogs except onions. And I, instead of a bun, I use a tortilla. Yeah. Now that sounds good. I was actually going to wrap my hot dog in a tortilla uh, the other day, but I, I was out, and I was unhappy about it. I never thought of that. Really? But why not? Yeah, why not? But, Robbie, yeah, back to the, the baked beans. Tim. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Robbie Tim. Robbie has Robbie's departed. <laughs> sorry, Tim. But back to the baked beans, I think there's many a hot dog that's – you know, that's been in baked beans. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I just oh, remember yeah, they, as a child, that. that's how our, our parents got our, g- gave us our protein was, you know, cutting up hot dogs and baked beans. Yeah. When I was in England one time, I ran across a hot dog that was served in a sandwich with butter. Ooh. Ooh, gross. Butter? No, well, you know, the English consider mayonnaise to be a French sauce, so oh. they don't use that, hmm. even though it was invented by a, by a Scot. Nonetheless, it was buttered sandwiches. Okay, it's I wrong. Just want to let you guys know. Well, thanks, thanks so much, Tim. Tim. We appreciate Bye-bye. you listening to us and calling, reporting out about the butter sandwich. Now we're going to Enterprise or Long Beach? Long Beach. We're going back to the coast, Long Beach. We've got Nora on the phone. Hello, Nora. Good morning. How are you? We are good. I have I have a couple of comments. One year, I worked. I ran the concession stands at a uh, community ballpark, and so every single day we had we had ball games, and we had one of those um, hot dog cookers that were like the rollers that you would put the hot dogs on. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think there's anything better than a hot dog cook like that. But man, I am a plant-based person, and I know there are plant substitutes that they can make um, hot dogs with. I've tried them. I'm not crazy about them. But I tried something called a carrot dog. Mm-hmm. You take carrots about the size of, of a hot dog, cut them the right length. Um, I put them in my Instapot with a little marinade. I cook them for three minutes and then let them marinate for an hour. And you put that on a hot dog bun with mustard and relish, and you can't tell the difference. You need to talk to our friend yeah. Java here. Yeah, and you, you, <laughs> uh, we've talked about this a number of times. It's a restaurant here in in Jackson, um, and they sell what they call a cool dog, and it is well, no. Uh, uh, with the carrot hot dog, and it is delicious. You put it on that bun, you don't know the difference. Got that crunch, Absolutely. got that uh, even it's a little sweetness. Right uh huh. It has the right texture when you cook it for just a little bit. Absolutely. Well, and Absolutely. I'm really grateful to you for this because we thought Java made that up. <laughs> Whoa. So you were, you were oh, affirming. No, no. Oh, no, no. You can, you can Google it and you can pull the recipe off the Internet. It's a great one. Well, that's terrific, and we thank you for listening and calling. Nora from Long Beach. We now go to Enterprise, Mississippi, and we have Ann on the phone. Hello, Ann. Good morning. Good morning. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anyone had said this because I missed the first part of the show. But I'm um, originally from Massachusetts, so my favorite hot dogs are the ones in the natural casings because they have a little bit of a crunch, and the bun has to be a split top bun so that you can grill the edges. 
good for you. I love the snap of a good hot dog yeah. and the casing. And it's required that, for example, a good Chicago hot dog, when you bite it, if it doesn't snap, throw it away because it's not a real <laughs> Chicago dog. Well, that's interesting, mm-hmm. but I want to go back to the split-top bun and grilling the ends. Talk about so that a little bit either, more. You can either grill it on the grill when you, uh, if you're grilling your hot dogs, or if you're cooking them in the house in a pan, put a little butter in your cast-iron pan and butter the, you know, put the, the side of the bun on that butter, and it just toasts it up just a little mm. bit like a grilled cheese. I always toast my bun for both hamburgers and hot dogs. We have not delved into this topic, so luckily. Do you not toast yours? No. Wow. You don't warm it up at all? You just go with a cold bun for a hamburger and a hot dog? No, I warm it up sometimes. Okay. Just sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm a lot like Ann. I like to put it on the grill with the meat and sort of get it charred up and, and firm. And then I dress it up, and off to the races I go. Speaking of races, the Kentucky Derby this past, uh, was it Sunday or Saturday? It was Saturday, 4 Saturday. o'clock, yeah. Uh, what the, a wild ride that was. Uh, but the horse didn't know. They, the horse with no name. <laughs> yeah, didn't know that they, he was actually going to even be in the race. That's like like super recent, and, and then ended up winning. It was yeah, wild. And if you accidentally put money on that horse... <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Off to Peru. Yeah, that's truly a horse with no. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to take another caller here. Uh, Julia's calling us from the piney woods of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of Bobby and Ricky Cleveland and Hal and Mal White. Hello, Julia. How are you? And Robert St. John. Correct. I am wonderful. How are you? We are great. Thank you. I have something controversial to say. Okay. Oh. The best way to eat a hot dog is the cheapest hot dogs you can find. Put them in the microwave, poke a couple holes in them with a fork on a bun with ketchup, and that is it. Whoa. That is pure bliss. See? You are bold and controversial, and this is the kind of controversy (laughs) that we invite. You don't have to do anything fancy with a hot dog. Just put them in the microwave. That that is God's gift to man. The simplicity of a hot dog. Only the bold are free, Julia. So thanks for letting your hot dog flag fly right here. You're a ketchup <laughs> microwave gal. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Ketchup and the microwave. Java? Julia is a woman who stands <laughs> on her principles. <laughs> and I'm like you, Carol. We invite this type of boldness and controversial nature because... Ooh-wee. I don't know. Who I knew that the hot dog was going to bring out all this? And Julia, I mean, it, it's really great that you call because this conversation could get into the land. You know, we've spent a lot of times, a lot of time fighting about mayonnaise. Yeah, we have. You know, with I wouldn't call it fighting. Uh, we spent a lot opining, of time opining, opining. <laughs> but uh, the hot dog, she she put it out there. I'm ready yeah. to hear other microwave hot dogs. She not only microwaves it, but she pokes it with a fork and uses the cheapest hot dog she can find. Yeah, to let the steam out at the center. And there's some cheap hot dogs out there now. Jobby, you're a dad, so you know about those red ones. Uh, When you put it in the bun, the red comes off on the. Yeah, those those are the the red hots. Uh, You have the wieners. You got the bar s's. I know, but uh, the microwave with the ketchup. Who, Julia? Hey, if you if you love it, I encourage you. That's right. 
Well, thank you for listening and calling, Julia. We appreciate you. I guess we're going to have to take a break. Um, and But at some point, we're going to talk about grilling and barbecuing and various uh, other outdoor activities. Uh, and the tips that were shared by Don Paul last week, well, I might as well just go ahead and tell you. One was to take a potato, cut it in half, and rub your grill with half a potato, and it cleans it off. And lubricates your grill before you put the food on it. It's, it's, it's perfectly beautiful. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, and we'll take your calls. Thanks so much for everybody calling today. We look forward to hearing from you. Again, toll-free, 1-877-672-7464. No question or comment uh, is above or beneath us. We love it all. Or you can shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White, Carol Puckett Palmer. It's I'm Monday. moving into Carol Palmer. Okay, slowly. But it's going to take a while. Yeah. Well, we're in no hurry. Okay. Yeah, take Thank your time you. and uh, be who you are. Last week, we had <laughs> Chef Don Paul on in, from Southern Recipes. He gave us a few tips about getting your, your grill ready. I mean, the seasons have changed. It's time to get out in the yard and build a fire and burn something. Uh, and I mean that in a positive way. The two tips that uh, Don Paul gave us that were so useful to me, one was you can clean your grill by wadding up a, just a ball of aluminum foil and scraping it off. Or you can buy one of those expensive, fancy grill uh, cleaners, either way. Well, you know, about the aluminum foil, what makes that even better is the brushes have bristles. And sometimes bristles. The, <laughs> the wire bristles get into the grill mm. and so that. the aluminum foil is actually a most excellent method and the other tip that i was <clears throat> so taken with was a way to to sort of get your grill ready before you put the food don paul said a lot of people like to take a rag or a paper towel and put oil on their grill to try to lubricate it and he says that doesn't really work uh, because the oil evaporates immediately and burns off. So he said, take a potato, uh, a big old Irish potato, cut it in half and rub both sides, potatoes, not skin side down, but potato flesh side down all over the grill. And it both cleans and lubricates the, the grill before you put the meat or vegetables on. And we are we believe in grilling vegetables as well. Oh, as absolutely. Meat. But there, you mean there's no oil, no nothing. You're just putting like potato juice. Exactly. Okay. And, Got it. Okay. So we appreciate those tips. All right. We're getting uh, a few more phone calls here. We've got Daryl calling us from Columbus, Mississippi. What's going on in the Golden Triangle, Daryl? I just got a quick comment about the hot dog. Bring it on. Yeah, you don't even need a bun. All you need is a piece of bread and a ketchup. <laughs> we need to put you in touch with Julia yeah. in, on the coast. So just take a piece of white uh, bread, bend it in half, put your hot dog in the middle, squirt it with some ketchup, and go on about it. And you're done, yeah. You're done. All right. There you go. We've, <laughs> we've had at least two people talk about this methodology that you don't need anything <laughs> fancy uh one microwaved uh, the dog the other grilled the dog so methodology milk <laughs> yeah well i i prefer to cook mine 
if I don't have a grill, then I'll cook it over the stove. Well, we appreciate however you cook it, Daryl, and thank you for listening to Deep South Dining and giving us a call from Columbus, Mississippi. Now we're going just north of Memphis, where Larry resides, and Larry has called in. And what's going on, my friend? I just thought I'd give you another idea about how to fix a hot dog. Well, we right. bring it on. Okay, this goes back to my childhood, and it's called a gourmet hot dog. You take a hot dog, you split it down the middle, you put mustard in it, you put a slice of a dill pickle in it, you put cheese in it, you wrap it with bacon, you know, put the toothpicks on either side to hold the bacon on, and then uh, gr- uh, either grill it or boil it in the oven. Wow, the gourmet, that is a hot, gourmet dog. hot dog. Yeah, open it up, fill it up with some stuff, wrap it in bacon, and then cook it. How can that not be good? No, there's no way. You put bacon on a leaf, and it's good. <laughs> I mean, a clod of dirt with bacon, I would eat. I mean, bacon, 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 bacon. It goes on everything. And cheese, bacon and yeah, cheese, why not? Well, Larry, where are you north of Memphis? That's a big area up there. Well, I'm, I'm driving to Memphis. I live in I live in Madison. Okay. And I'm driving up to Memphis for business today. And I, I was listening to Mississippi Public Radio and thought, well, you know, what the heck? You, you thought, look, if if they'll talk about hot dogs, I'll talk about a hot dog. And you gave us a call. And you added a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Be safe and thanks for listening. Now we go to Tupelo. T T T U P E E E L O. Go wave. Ron, what's going on in Tupelo? Well, I've got a life-changing way to fix a hot dog. Uh, Drum roll. Drum roll. There, there is a plastic device. Um, I bought my set at Amazon. They include one for the long dogs and one for the short dogs. Mm. It, it's plastic. Um, it has ridges on the inside. It folds over. It's one size hinged. It folds over like a clamshell. Mm. So you set your hot dogs on one half, fold it over, run a metal skewer that's included through the center of the hot dog and you're essentially making a hot dog kebab mm-hmm. you, you, you nuke it for however many seconds you like i usually like 32 i like mine well nuked. that's 32 seconds in the microwave but you don't have that's the metal, metal rod in there yet i do hope you? not it, it's, it's microwave safe <gasps> oh okay. okay trust, trust me it's microwave safe i've done it many many times like I said, it's life-changing. When you take it out, those ridges have spiralized your hot dog. My goodness. You pull, it off the, you pull it off the skewer, and your hot dog has all these little spiral slits where your favorite condiment, and I'm not recommending one, but where your favorite condiment can go through. Now, what is this huh? device called, Ron? Doggone it, I can't remember. Doggone it. <laughs> If you um if you go to Amazon and look up uh, hot dog hot dog cooker okay yeah and it it slits the hot dog all around and makes a spiral Spotlight. yeah so Malcolm your condiments really stick to Are your absorbed hot dog. by the hot dog I'm I'm telling you you know um I bought mine a few years ago and I was kind of down out feeling blue and it has totally changed my life. Women are attracted to me now. Um, my my dog likes me. Um, my car runs better. And, oh gosh, know, it good. is totally life changing. But I, I am indeed looking on. Carol's on it. I'm, 
I'm on the internet, I see what you're talking about, you know, because I need my life changed too. Well, the the, the short cooker, the short little plastic cooker, red, long one's yellow, and um, it comes in set, and uh, it. It, it, it's amazing. I, I, you know, it's almost a religious experience. Yeah. Well, I don't know how we've missed this because Malcolm, mm. there are many, 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 many versions of this. And Ron, you brought up something we haven't talked about today besides life-changing hot dog cookers, and that is the long dog. So, right. We, there is the we long thank dog. you for your contribution. It used to be called a foot long. You'd say, I want the foot-long hot dog. Yeah, but they've probably shortened it. Well, of course they have, because they're charging us for the foot-long, and we're we're only getting like nine inches. (laughs) You know that's what's happening. All right, well, Ron uh, recommends putting your hand on the radio for a life-changing experience uh, and getting one of these... uh, Hot dog cooker devices. A microwave hot dog cooker device. <laughs> wow. All right. We've got a few minutes left, uh, and we want to go to Osaka to our friend Kathleen. Hello, Kathleen. What you got? You had me laughing to where I nearly fell out of bed. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be in bed this hour anyway. It's time to get up. Well, I've got reason. But uh, let me tell you, <laughs> I did my college thesis at Loyola on a <laughs> Hot dog cooker, and it's irrelevant, and all kinds of stuff about how it's going to take away the use of newspaper, because, oh, I I mean, it was hilarious. (laughs) I came out with it, (laughs) eh? You wrote a thesis. On the the not not the good uses of a hot dogger, in so many words. Wow. Loyola University (laughs) accepted a thesis on the hot dog. Well, I think any any place. Ah, okay. (laughs) Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, that is good note to end on. I suppose it's been a great show, and we've really had a lot of callers. We uh, we want to thank Liz Gill, who has manned or womaned the phone lines for us throughout this adventure. Java, it's been a wild and woolly show. Yeah, and I've looked up this delicious uh it's <laughs> it's called a hot dog delicious microwave hot dog cooker. And okay. it is just how he described it and I still don't understand how it works. But well, there are so many Variations of the hot dog. You got the bun warmers. Um, as I'm looking, it's it's crazy out here. You know, I want to thank Julian Brunt and he actually, started this. I I already thanked him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sent him a text that we're doing this, but this came. This whole show, which is not the show that we were going to do, has come. It's from, not from Julian's <laughs> from Julian's post perfectly. And yeah. his, what do you mean? And his question about the dog, and I'm willing to bet. Java and Malcolm, there are going to be a lot of hot dogs consumed at lunch today all over Mississippi and in Peru. Yes, this will continue. It will be the long tail of the hot dog, and we will hear more and more about methodology for cooking and dressing and consuming the hot dog, the humble but yet very popular hot dog. It's it's going to be good. All right. I had one last thing. What do we have here? A minute? Two minutes? No. Five minutes. No. Three minutes. Anyway, Carol. Malcolm. You okay. got a wedding gift of food. I think it was some cheese or something. And, and I just want to mention 
giving food as gifts and and you talk about well, what I think you receive it, I think recently. it is the it is the perfect gift uh, John and I received a box of parmesan reggiano oh, it was beautiful. cheese from David Trigiani who was our great Italian friend and cooker but we, I mean it's like the people that's like what do you give these people give them food and them food. I mean it's a real treasure there were three blocks and one was aged 36 months, one 48, and one 60. And it, it has just been uh, a delight. I had house guests recently, and they brought fresh kale, strawberries, and endive from the farmer's market in Atlanta to us uh, as a sort of housewarming gift. It's good. And the Kringle is the great gift. You turned me on to this Wisconsin-based yes. Uh, I started sending you Kringles many years ago for Christmas. I have no idea why I did it, but it's a tradition. It's a wonderful gift, and they know how to ship. Uh, yeah. And we get them and put them in the freezer and then pull them out, like yeah. when we had these overnight it's a, guests. Yeah, oval flat pastry. with comes in many uh, raspberry, yeah. almond, Pecan, pecans, yeah. uh, and it's Kringles spelled with a K, I believe. Yes, because it's a Swedish uh, traditional food. Yeah, really good, really great gift. Easy to give. You go online and order one, and it comes to the to your friend's house. And for our last minute, I want to just quickly say, Malcolm, thank you for lunch at Helen Mel's last oh, Monday. Boy. It was one of the best dishes I have had in a long time. It was fried chicken with a pecan sauce, and I don't usually don't eat that heavy for lunch, but my lunch partner was in a hurry to order and so i just said give me the special and you had it and and we need we need to break that down sometime well we'll talk about it but it's basically a creole sauce onions uh garlic roux uh celery peppers cooked down and served over the fried chicken in this case the rice as well and and these were fried chicken bits tenders you call them sure yeah tenders just delicious and we had a great meal a meal at tuck tuck boom you and i last week yeah in highland village that's your nephew's place we'll puck it we'll we'll talk about that someday soon well hot dog we'll do that (laughs) deep south dining is a production of mississippi public broadcasting's think radio we are funded by generous contributions from people just like yourself and we thank you. Our show, our show was produced by Java Chapman. And our screener, who I mentioned earlier, Liz Gill, did a fabulous job today. And we thank you. For my co-hosts, Carol Puckett Palmer, I'm Malcolm White. We ask you to stay tuned for Marshall Ramsey's show now. Now you're talking. Followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And we ask you to join us every Monday right here for more Deep South Dining. Heard only on MPB Think Radio.